All right, go ahead and take a seat. Thank you. Yes. So good. All right. Yeah, weird question today. We, what are we? <laughs> what are you? And I heard several answers, right? Uh, we are, I heard qualified. That was interesting, Cody. And I heard um, we are light reflectors. We reflectors of the light, like that moon theme from a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're the body of Christ, shining his light. Uh, we are, um, Bryce kind of peaked. He looked ahead. He said, we're justified. Uh, we'll let that slide. Uh, any other things stand out? We are, what did you say, Alex? Spirit of God in us, temples of the Holy Spirit, dwelling place of God. Yeah, there's a lot of ways we can go with this. And uh, so we've been in this message series kind of looking at who are we? What is the church? What is this gathering? And because, you know, if you Google church, you can get a lot of different answers. If you ask somebody in the park today, you know, you might, you get a variety of answers. What are we? What is the church? So we've been looking into God's word to see what he says. And when you come into, one of the things that God calls us into uh, is this body of believers we looked at the word church actually means gathering. So we are those who have been gathered by God, those who have been called by God. You could say we're the called, called by God into relationship with him and one another. And uh, we looked at how uh, a couple Sundays ago, how God, when he calls us into relationship with himself, he gives us uh, a new orientation, a new direction. It's kind of like if you uh, recently got a new job and you get hired, and oftentimes you'll go through an orientation process where, they, where they'll tell you, hey, here's our mission, here's our values, this is what we're about, this is what we're trying to do. Uh, maybe you have, uh, you just got into a new team. Same sorts of things, all right? Same with the body of Christ. God calls us into relationship with himself, into his kingdom, and he gives us a new direction. And if you want to sum that up, well, Jesus did it nicely for us, that new orientation is to love God, and to love one another. Love God, love each other. And we spent some time looking at that last couple of weeks. Um, today, we're going to go back to uh, Bryce's answer. What are we? We are the justified. Now, I don't think anybody else came up with that answer this morning, right? Fair? It's not like maybe top of the, top of the list. We are, but if you look at God's word and what he says about you and me, his people... This is a word he uses repeatedly. And so that's interesting, right? It's not what I would pick. It's not what I hear a lot. But okay, God, God seems to think this is important. So we're going to spend some time today looking at this. We are the church. In other words, we are the justified. Justified, okay, interesting word, not common use today. It's a legal term. has to do with your legal standing. Uh, it comes from the word righteous same root word in the greek as righteous all right now we have to unpack righteous because that's an interesting word too but here's here's a working definition for us you can put it in your bulletin to help you remember it because it's important because god says it's important it's all over his word so to be justified is to be declared righteous declared by whom god he declares you righteous. All right, righteous. What does that mean? Because we got, our culture has a bunch of different terms for that. 
Here's what a simple meaning of that is. Next line, to be put in right standing, good standing with God. That's what it means. You have been justified. You have been declared righteous by the judge. A declaration is already made. It's past tense. It appears in the past tense form of the word. And that means to be put in right standing. You're in good standing with God. Well, that, hey, sound good? Take that? Yes, good news. So let's, let's dig a little bit at this, though. How do we get there? How, how can a person come into and be in right standing with God? Now, a lot of people will answer that in a lot of different ways, right? Uh, go to church, right? Some people might say that. Some people might say, be baptized. You know, hopefully your, ba- your parents baptized you when you're an infant. You're in right standing with God. Some people might say that. Some people might say, hey, you just got to do the right things all the time perfectly. Well, good luck with that. Um, what are the right things? Who decides what the right things are? Now, under the Old Covenant system, if you look in the Hebrew Scriptures for Israel, how did a person stay in right standing with God? What did they do? Sacrifices. When they sin, obey. And if you mess up, sacrifices. Right? Do the commands. And you stay in right standing with God. All right. And God was very clear with them. Here are the things I require. Here are the things you are to do. Here's the list. Sounds pretty simple. How'd it work? How'd that go? Bad. Yeah, it didn't. They weren't able to do it because they're human. They were not able to do it. They kept breaking God's commands, they kept breaking this covenant. Uh, They kept getting, God gave them over to punishment because of that, and then they called out for his mercy, and he delivered them, and then they got back into it, and then they, you know, they did better, and then they fell away again. Uh, I'm in the book of Judges. You you can see that again and again and again. And the reason uh, Israel was under the Romans when Jesus came is because they had been in a long line of um, oppressive powers over them because They were in exile because they had broken the covenant. Here is the stark assessment from God about Israel, his own people. Listen to this, Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is no one righteous. No one in right standing with God. No one. Not even one. There is no one who understands. They don't even understand. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. God's word about his own people. Wow, that's rough. That's rough. It's honest. <laughs> it's, it's rough. And so here's the conclusion, Galatians 2.16. By the works of the law, no one, no one, nobody will be justified, will be put in right relationship with God, we'll be able to maintain right relationship with God. You can't do it. You can't do it. Now today, uh, I often use this survey question that I learned from Sally and Ving about, you know, ways to engage people in spiritual conversations. One of the questions, number five, is when you die, what's going to happen to you? I love getting to that question. It's such a great question. And typically, um, when I 
speak with either a Muslim, someone with a Muslim background or a Catholic background, this is the answer I get. Well, hopefully heaven, and I say, well, what determines that? Well, hopefully I do more good things, more good things so that there's a scale than bad things, right? Hopefully my good things outweigh my bad things. And that is the standard typical response I get. And why is that such a common response for people, do you think? Do more good? You're all right. That's the way the world works, right? I, I used to work in PR, and uh, I'd go into these client meetings, and man, if we were doing good work, like we were doing well, we were getting results, I would come into that meeting justified, right? In right standing with the client, feeling confident, being ready to ask them. And then there are other clients where, for whatever reason, we just weren't getting the results. We were not performing well. And we'd go into those meetings, they'd be a little tense. You know, hopefully they keep us on. Uh, those sorts of things. It's the way the world works. Your sports teams, right? You, you play well, what's going to happen? Good job. Woo! This is the one. You're going to play more, right? You, the coach is going to have your, you're going to have his ear. If you're not playing so well, you keep flubbing up. The bench is the place for you. It's, it's cold, harsh reality that we live in. All right. So, there is this same situation under the old law. And the question is this, going back to God and our relationship with God, we've heard clearly that no one is justified by the works of the law. So that means that people who even know exactly what God requires are unable to do it. All right? Here's, here's the situation. Why not? Why, why are we not able to do this? All right. Romans, 12, Romans 3, 22 says this. There is no difference. This isn't just about Jews and Israel. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, non-Jew. So talking about all humanity here. There's no difference. For all have sinned. All have sinned. All have broken the law. All have failed to measure up. And fall short of the glory of God even when we know exactly what is required. What, what's the problem with us? Why? What's the dealio? Romans 3.9, here it is. Jews and Gentiles, all of humanity alike, are all, all under the power of sin. Is it, the power of sin, that tendency to do what's not right, is strong. It's pervasive. As you go through the history of God's interactions with humanity, going back to the very beginning, Adam and Eve going through Cain and Abel, going through the flood time, going through Israel, we see this tendency in humanity to do the wrong thing. And it's in us as well, right? You know, you know the right thing to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love like Jesus loves you. Very clear. But we don't always do it. So someone might ask, well, what was the purpose of the law? Why give them the law in the first place? Why does God reveal what we must do even though he knew we wouldn't be able to do it? Keep it. Romans 3.20 gives us some insight. No one will be justified, there it is again, in God's sight 
by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, through God's list of here's exactly what I require, we become conscious of our sin. We become aware of our sin problem. I know what to do. I don't do it. What's wrong with you? Well, we told you what to do. Why don't you do it? Ah, sin. Sin. There's a power in you. There's a tendency in you to do what's not right. And God exposes it. History exposes it. Your own life exposes it. Right? Try to keep, keep that standard that you've set for yourself. It's hard. Keep it consistently, regularly. All right, so through the law, we become conscious of our sin. We all fall short. That is a very depressing message, right? Good grief. Thankfully, we've heard good news, and that good news comes right in the next verse. But now, but now, brothers and sisters, apart from the law, so new system, new way, apart from the law, the righteousness of God, right standing with God, has been made known, been declared, been proclaimed, been revealed, to which the law and the prophets testify. If you look at the Hebrew Scriptures, it points to this righteousness from God for you and me. Continuing, verse 22. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. There's no difference between all humanity, all ethnic groups, all, all groups of humanity. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified. Now, anybody who's justified is justified freely. Ooh, that's promising. Freely by his grace, by his loving kindness, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Right standing with God has been made available to you, to me, to all people. How is it made available? Through Christ through what he's done for us, through this redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Now, how does this work? Wait, this seems too good to be true. How can God freely give Wes? How can he freely give Alejandro? How can he freely give uh, Sharon this right standing with God that she, he, none of us could earn by doing the right thing? How can he just give this to us freely? Listen, verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Those things that you did wrong, those ways that you didn't live up, those ways that, those unloving things you did, those unloving, hurtful things that you and I have done. Jesus atoned for those. He paid for those on the cross for you and me. In this way, God is both just, justice is paid for, justice is served, not on you and me, on Christ, so that you could be freely given this gift of right standing with God. Jesus, who was in perfect relationship with God, completely righteous, did everything, the one sinless one, he died, he bore intentionally on his body the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins so that you, brothers and sisters, we, anyone who wants it, can be put in right standing with God. 
freely by grace, received through faith. Received through faith. What does that mean? It means, yes, Lord Jesus, I fall short. Your standard is high and your standard is glorious and it is good. Yes, it would be the best thing in the world for everybody if we all love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loved one another as ourselves. Yes, that standard is good and I've fallen short. And I try, God, and even when I try, I fall short. And God's like, I know. And I have provided a sacrifice of atonement for you. I've provided a righteousness, a right standing with me for you that can only be received by saying, yes, thank you. By faith. By faith means, yes, Jesus, I put my trust in what you've done for me. That is what puts me in right relationship with you. That's the only thing that puts me in right relationship with you. Because I know myself. I know my track record. It's the only thing that puts anyone in right standing with God. I trust that. I believe that. I need that. So what it requires is humility, right? It's like, yeah, I need this. Thank you, Lord. Next fill-in. We are justified. Past tense. You are justified when you put faith in what Jesus has done for you. We are justified, put in right standing with God, put in good standing with God, by the grace of God, by his free gift. You can't earn it. Through faith. By saying, yes, I need it, I want it. That's it. That's salvation. That's the good news. And you know what? It got buried for a long time in church history. Right? It... This message can get buried because we're so used to a works-based righteousness. It's how the world works. You're in right standing with people when you do good. When not, you're in the doghouse. Right? And so this is a radical. This is an exotic. This is something that God brings in. Now, there's this, this just puts so many things into place for us. And we're spending time on it because it's easy to forget, it's easy to lose, it's easy to switch back into this works-based righteousness. So we're going to go some more into this. For you who are justified, you who've received this, four more things for you here. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified, you notice that past tense, speaking to people in Christ, since you have been justified, put in right standing with God, through faith, we have, you have, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The justified, you, you are at peace with God. Deep breath. You are at peace with God. I don't know what your morning looked like. Maybe you were mean to people on the coffee line. I don't know. If you're justified, if you put your faith in what Jesus did for you, you are at peace with God. But I didn't say sorry to that person yet. I didn't go to confess. You are at peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus did for you. It's the only thing. It's the only way. 
It's all based on what he did for you and me, and we just freely receive it by grace, through faith. You are at peace with God. Rest in that, sit in that, enjoy that. Live with that more and more this week. We, the church, are justified. We are those who are at peace with God. Romans 4.1, there's more. 4.5, to the one who does not work, does not try to do works to put themselves in right relationship with God, but trust God who justifies the ungodly. Their faith is credited, counted to them as righteousness, as being um, righteous. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. He says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never, never count against them. If you're justified, if you've put faith in what Jesus did for you, you will never, never have your sins counted against you by God. Sign me up. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know my works couldn't do that. Your work did that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He paid it in full. He paid all your sins. But man, you should have seen me on Wednesday this week, Lord. I was a mess. Yep, you were. He, you didn't surprise him. You're at peace with God. You're justified. You're in right standing with God uh, because of what he's done for you. He's not going to count those sins against you. It almost sounds too good to be true. Is anybody nervous? You're a little twitchy? All right, we'll get to that. I know. You know, because this isn't the way it works with my PR clients, right? This isn't the way it works, you know, on your sports team, whatever, all right? Okay, so we'll, we got to keep going with this, though, because this is what God is saying. All right, next one, Romans 8.1. It keeps getting better. There's now no condemnation... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God's condemnation against your sin for your sins is no more. The sinless one was condemned. He was forsaken for you. So you could be justified. So you could be freed. So you could be pardoned. If you're justified... Next fill-in, you are free, free from condemnation from God. Now, your spouse may condemn you. The person you sinned against may condemn you. Your client may condemn you, right? And they will, right? That's the way the world works. There's no condemnation from God. So there, there is like this amazing amount of freedom that Jesus has opened up for us that we could step into, that we could stand on if we take this in, right? I'm justified because what Jesus did for me. He's never going to count my sins against me because of what he did for me. He's paid for them in full. I'm at peace with God because of what Jesus did for me, right? There's no condemnation on me from God anymore because he took it for me. You see why this is good news? The gospel, good news. Woo! Yes, please. Thank you. All right. So that's where we are now. One more to savor and to take in. 
Continuing in chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who's going to separate us from this love from God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword, all those bad things? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, no spiritual power, neither the present nor the future, whatever happens, nor any powers, neither height, you know, the heights I achieve, nor depths that I'm in, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing's going to separate you. Nothing can separate you from this right standing with God that Jesus made possible for you. You're solid. You're secure. It's good to remember this, right? To remember who we are. We're the justified. We're at peace with God. No condemnation anymore. Your sins will not be held against you anymore. And nothing can separate you from this. The justified next feeling, you cannot be separated from God. You can't. You can't because of what Jesus did for you. Now you could, you could lose your mind and be crazy and just like, you know, walk away from it and say, ah, no, actually I don't think this is, this is the way. But it can't be taken from you. Nobody can snatch you from the Father's hand. All right. Let's go back to that nervous, twitchy bit of us. Like, all right, so, so let's, let's, Let's sit in this a minute. You're justified. You're strong in God. You're loved by God. You're filled by His Spirit now. You're secure in God. Condemnation is no longer on you. Sin problem has been taken care of. You're justified. We are the justified. And we still sin sometimes. Fair? The question, the big question does that sin change your standing with God? For all we've heard. Well, I have a real example this week, a clear-cut example. I sinned more than once this week, to be fair. All right, but one really got highlighted because it's just it's this old pattern that I fall into once in a while. And it's very, uh, I don't like it. I don't even want to tell you about it. But I felt like God wanted me to tell you about it. And there's no condemnation on me from God because of this sin. The sin didn't separate me from God. But, but I'll, I'll tell you about it. So I met with this guy um, this week. Really impressive guy. Guy's about 40 years old. Um, and I hadn't seen him for a while. I went and see, saw him. And he looked really good. Like, like wow. I mean, just like. The perfect tan, very, very successful. And I'm talking to him, and we don't know each other that well, but we're getting to know each other better. And, um, and at some point, he's like, we were talking about sports, and he said, yeah, I just turned 40, and I, I hurt myself for the first time, uh, messed up his knee. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, and I'm 50, and I remember when I was 45, I something like that. I, I pulled my hamstring the first time I ever did that. And it went bing. And so we were commiserating. And as I'm saying this, I remember, I'm not, 
I'm not 50. I am 53. And here's the, here's the even squishier, yee, creepy part about this, yucky part about this. When I was saying it to him, yeah, I'm 50. Before those words came out of my mouth, I saw in my mind 5-3. But I changed that to 5-0. Why? Why would I do that? Any guesses? I was, uh, thank you. Thank you. I tried that justification. Yeah, it's not true, though. If I'm really honest, that would be you. But me, it's, it's darker, <laughs> Paulina. Yeah, I, I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to lie to him. Let's just call it what it is. I'm going to lie to him so that he thinks a little bit more highly of me or doesn't think too low of me, right? I'm trying to keep up with him. I want his good judgment on me. I want to be in good standing with him. Well, and I'm telling you, nanoseconds, like it just automatic. That's, and it's like, well, I did it, and there it goes. Now, when I said that, was I still in right relationship with God? Did my standing with God change? I sinned. It's sin, right? I, I'm more interested in what this guy thinks than what God thinks in that moment. My standing, thankfully, does not change. If I walked out of that place, got hit by a truck, I'd still come in to the presence of God. Because why? Because of what Jesus did for me. Man, if it's up to me, we're doomed. I'm doomed. You're doomed. That's the point. No one is righteous, not even one, on their own merits, on their own works, on their own track record. We all fall short. We all like are under this power of sin. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. Right? So much gratitude. Um, yeah. All right, now, somebody... The, the more twitchy among us might say, but wait a minute. Why not just keep sinning? Right? If it doesn't impact my standing with God, and it clearly does not, why not, why not just do whatever I want to do? Why not just keep sinning? Huh? I could. Nobody will know. I'm 50. <laughs> All right, so um, why not? Why not sin? Why not, why not keep on sinning? What happened when I said I was 50 instead of 53? Fell. No, it didn't. I'm still good with God. Okay, I lost something. Did I lose my standing with God? Am I in right standing with God? I'm just going like, hey, bare bones, will I go to heaven or not? Yeah, okay, I'm going to heaven still. All right. All right. What ha I lost something, all right? I lost some closeness with God, right? I lost some intimacy. There's, f there's static now in my relationship with God. 
Again, I go out, I get hit by a truck. After that, I'm going, I'm going to heaven, man. That's the word of God, right? I know, it makes us a little nervous. The only reason you and I are going to heaven, the only reason you and I can go into his presence now is because of what he did. All right, if it's up to our track record, we're doomed. All right, so I lost some closeness with God in that moment. I lost, I felt, I did, shame. I, I, I lost that peace. I lost my freedom. I submitted to another. I submitted myself to this person, you know, instead of the Lord who died for me, who's great, who's truly great, who's absolutely good and great and perfect. So I lost something. I lost some dignity. You know, I lost a lot. Of, you know, I lost. There is a loss. Every sin comes with a death of some kind, a loss of some kind. My standing with God did not change, thankfully, right? Um, all right. Any other things? What else? What do you, why not sin? Why not keep on sinning? Love. What do you mean? I love God. Yeah. His love for me sparked a love for him. And, and I love God because he's truly good. He is truly good. He's the only truly good one. He's the highest good. He is goodness. What's good? God is good. That's goodness. And so I, I put myself under a lesser thing. You know, yeah, I, for love, I want to be right with God. And he loves me, man. Speaking the truth, even when it's hard, even when it puts me in, maybe in a different box, at least in my own mind, uh, is always better. I lost some freedom, right? Any other things? What else do we... There's consequences, right? Yeah, sin breaks relationships, right? If, if I lie to people, what's going to happen? No trust. I'm not going to listen to you. You don't keep your word. I don't even know if what you say is true. All right, yeah. Breaks relationship. It, it works against love God and love each other. Right? It destroys, it harms. Any other reasons not to sin? It's not going to change your stand with God. Yeah, yeah, your closest, your spirit. Yeah, I definitely felt conviction, um, lack of peace, and had asked forgiveness. Next time I see this guy, I need to ask him forgiveness. I need to come clean, which is horrible, right? Telling you is awful. My God, I don't want to tell these people. You need to, Wayne. All right. No condemnation, Wayne. Do it. All right. Any other things? Why not keep on sinning? Love yourself. Yeah. You lose. I lose. Yes. God loves me. I might not even like myself too much, you know, but God loves me. So I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself the way, I'm going to see my, try to see myself the way God sees me. And being a person who's justified and right standing with him, a child of God, filled with the spirit, I want to live up to that. I want to live into that. And when I sin, and in this sin, I, I didn't. You know, I was living according to the old, old Wayne, right? 
old Wayne that has been crucified and I've said no to. Uh, once in a while that will it'll lift his head once in a while. Yeah. You cover it? Good? All right, why don't we stand because it leaves me with gratitude that we are justified by what God has done for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Lord, we thank you for coming. We thank you for bearing that punishment for us to release us from that punishment. Thank you for paying it in full, Lord God, so we could be put in right standing with you now and forever. We thank you that our standing before you now is right, is forgiven, is pardoned. Um, because of what you did for us, you qualified us, you justified us. We are at peace with you. You will never count our sins against us because they've been uh, already paid for. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for counting us as righteous because of you. Lord, help us walk in that more and more. Help us live in that freedom. Help us no longer submit to sin or to others, Lord God. Uh, help us avoid uh, those moments. In those moments, help us stop and pick the good way. Pick life. Choose life. Uh, continue to live in this freedom that we have in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bearing our condemnation for us so we would not have to. We praise you, Lord. Amen.